to A Texan's View of the World with your host, Jeb Bashaw. Hey, good afternoon. This is Jeb Bashaw with my podcast, A Texan's View of the World. Uh, today, we're kind of bringing it home. We're going to talk about some things closer to home, particularly in the real estate market. Uh, we've got an expert with us today. Travis, is it Bashaw or Bashaw? Bashaw. Okay, Bashaw. Well, we've had a lot of guests on here named Bashaw, so that's interesting. Must be something going on around the water. Actually, Travis is my son and delighted to have him here. Travis, who are you, tell everybody who, what firm you're with. So I'm with uh, Better Homes and Gardens, Gary Green. Great. And you started with them or uh, they y'all were acquired, right? Yeah, so I started at uh, Heritage Texas Properties, and about a year and a half ago, we were acquired by uh, by Gary Green, and uh, happy to have the change. Fantastic. Wonderful. Well, you've been in the business how long? A little over three years, coming up on four, actually. Great. So right out of school? Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Well, tell us what areas do you specialize in, or do you have a specialty area or um, something here in Houston? So I specialize in the Galleria area in West Houston, but uh, I'm happy to help my clients find a home anywhere in Houston. Being a native Houstonian has given me a good amount of knowledge on a lot of the neighborhoods here in town. Great. And where'd you grow up? What part of town? In the Galleria, more more specifically Tanglewood. Good. And um, so I said you've lived your whole life here. I guess the answer is you've seen the town change and the demographics change and the folks who are coming to Houston change. So what's going on right now in the in the general market? How does the Houston market look in terms of inflows and, and uh, frankly, um, I guess, inventory and what's going on in houses? So like a lot of the country, our market is very hot right now. We're in a strong seller's market with record low inventory and above average numbers of buying out looking, buyers out looking. Um, our April market report shows new listings down 26.8% from 2020, active listings down 42% from 2020, average days on market down 31%, and months of inventory down 41%. But total volume is up. 86% and total sales are up 58%. So you can see that we're getting a lot more sales right now than uh, than listings on the market. And higher prices, I'm guessing. So tell me, let's talk about that. I mean, that's that's pretty dramatic. I didn't realize the numbers were that, particularly on the, the number of houses available and also the days on the market. So what, what are you seeing when your clients are going to make offers? Is it four or five offers coming in at one time or uh, in the markets you work in? Yeah, a lot of the time we're uh, we're dealing with multiple offer situations, and so you have to be um, creative with how uh, with how you write up your offer and, and hopefully get the right things in there to to get it accepted. Well, one of the things I, I guess I've just talked to a couple of our clients for the mortgage business. It seems like the world's changed. In the old days, you kind of had you know ten twenty days take a look at it and then get your financing in place. But I mean, can you even do that today? Do you really kind of have to show up with financing in hand uh, to even be, have your offer considered? You're really going to want to have uh, at least a pre-approval letter when uh, when out looking at houses um, and be ready to buy. You know, once you find uh, the house that you're looking for, we're still seeing people being able to get uh, option periods, but a lot of the time people are having to waive those or shorten them so that they can uh, get their offer accepted. Well, what's going on? And that's a good segue. What's going on with um, getting comps? I mean, what, are these cash offers or are the uh, appraisers able to get to these houses and get real comps or things move so quickly it's almost impossible to do? Um, so with a market like this, appraisals um, are always kind of a worry um, and, and comps, but when the market first got crazy, we uh, it took a little bit of time for the comps to catch up, but now that we've had a good amount of uh, new closed sales, 
the appraisals have generally been able to keep up with the rising sales prices. Um, that being said, a lot of people are waiving the appraisal so they can get their, their contract accepted and, and move a little quicker on everything. And so what happens if you waive an appraisal, you're on the lot on the line for the whole deal, regardless of whether or not the bank's going to cover it. I mean, you'd cover any shortfall. Is that how that typically works? So we're actually seeing, um, more mortgage companies offer that to their clients and it, they can waive the appraisal and the mortgage will still go through. Um, but in a scenario where you don't have that mortgage broker approval, you will need to uh, to pay anything over the appraised amount. Huh. So what, what are most folks coming to the market with? Is it 20% down, 30% down? Are these, are these buyers folks that have sold their other home in this market and are moving up? Or what are you seeing the most of right now? With the low rates, I'd say we're seeing less people coming in with uh, with twenty percent down. Generally, somewhere between five to fifteen percent down is uh, is becoming a little more common with with a lot of these deals. That's interesting. So five to fifteen are these first time buyers or are these folks that are uh, again moving inside the market? Uh, I'd say for both uh, for both they're they're coming in like that. Good. Um, obviously, uh, as I said earlier, you are my son, so we're, we're a little different generation. I'm a baby boomer and I guess you're a millennial. What are the buying patterns that are, and just kind of generally go through millennial gen X and baby boomers, millennials looking for lock and leave, or are they, do they want yards? And I know that you have a dog or a couple of dogs. I mean, that seems to be a generational thing. Uh, <laughs> get dogs first. Um, what, what are you seeing? What are those folks looking for and in, in, in what parts of the city are they spending their energy looking for those properties. So in terms of uh, baby boomers, we're looking at a lot more empty nesters. Um, they're generally looking to downsize to more reasonably sized homes and are usually either looking for a neighborhood where they can live among people in their age group or an area with good walkability and, and plenty of restaurants and stores. Um, in terms of Gen X, a lot of these people are already homeowners. They have kids. If they're looking for houses that they're generally wanting to be in an established neighborhood with good schools. Um, GNX members will place a priority on location that is close to work and close to schools for their kids. And obviously having a prestigious and well-rated school system nearby is another top priority for these buyers. Well, that's, I was going to ask you about that. You jumped the line on me, but uh, tell me about the schools. Obviously HISD is the largest school district here. There's, I think, I think there's something like 60 school districts, just in Harris County, plus private schools. Where, where are the areas that folks really are? Is it by district or is it by school? Do people want, I mean, as an example, you grew up in the Briar Grove area. I'm guessing Briar Grove is still a pretty hot area um, in terms of house prices and house purchases. Is that a driving force for those kinds of buyers? So, yeah, Briar Grove is still uh, still an important area. Um, let's say in terms of school districts, people will often want to be in uh, in Spring Branch ISD, more specifically with Memorial as their high school. Um, some other good high schools that people like to be near are Lamar um, and also Westside. Well, I guess this is always a million-dollar question. And, you know, I grew up in Bel Air, and uh, back when I was – I grew up in Bel Air before Bel Air was cool. So the question is, what's the next up-and-coming area that you see? Uh, I mean, Edo just in the last five years has exploded. What would you say is the next – really up and coming area for, for home buyers that maybe has been look, overlooked in the past. So yeah, Edo has definitely blown up. Um, but it's tough to say, I guess, where the, the next big area is, uh, is going to be. 
more recently we've had, you know, like you said, Edo, but also kind of the heights and the surrounding areas um, get a lot of appreciation. Areas like Garden Oaks and Oak Forest have been pretty popular, but COVID has also really changed the way that people look at their living situation. We're, we're seeing more people wanting to move to the, you know, kind of the suburbs and the country properties. Um, but also the recent flooding in Houston has caused people to be more aware of where they're living. So areas that have never flooded are, are more popular than they've ever been. So people, are, do they ask that question? I mean, is, that a ran, is that a pretty regular question when somebody's looking at a property? Is, hey, did this house flood in 08 or 09 or whenever last? If, uh, if an area has flooded or if that house specifically is flooded and, and even then kind of how often it's flooded and, um, and how bad the flooding has been. Mm-hmm. Do you, are you getting, well, it's funny. I, we, I had a lunch day with a client. We were talking about that. I mean, I don't, I don't, there's obviously there's a shortage in everything right now, lumber, metals, everything. And the question is how many of those folks can uh, afford to remodel? Are these people buying homes that they want to live in or are they coming in to remodel? And what, what's the most, what, what's driving that? So that's how I'm finding um, more and more people these days are kind of wanting to buy a finished product, um, especially with people my age and, um, and even a little older and a little younger, they, uh, they're just not as interested in, in kind of buying that fixer-upper. But there's also just kind of, more, as time goes on, more and more contractors and, and more and more uh, companies in the market that are flipping houses and, and getting them ready for people. So you were recently a home buyer. Um, did those folks fix the house up before you bought it? Was that a flip opportunity for them, or was, was it? did you have to do some work when you moved in? It was flipped when I bought it, but, uh, but with a lot of flip properties, there were kind of some some cleaning up items that needed to be done in terms of uh, getting it to to 100%. So you talked about earlier about COVID. What's going on with COVID? Are folks spending, uh, are they looking for a home that's got an office that they can office out of? Are you seeing somebody talking about that, that they're maybe not going back to their office and they're being displaced? Or are they looking for maybe one extra bedroom for a home office? Or has that come up in the conversation? That does come up there, definitely. uh, you know, with COVID, more people that are they're looking into uh, into home offices and, and kind of just having that option to uh, to work from home, even though most people have have kind of gone back to to some form of of office life. We're still seeing people wanting that that home office. Well, I, I know you know because I have to work my schedule around yours. You've been working pretty hard on the weekends doing um, open houses. How how did COVID affect open houses? Were people less likely to come in? Were they Worried about it? Were people afraid to open their homes up? What what was the? How did that affect traffic on the showings? So COVID had actually a, a big effect on the way that uh, the realtors do things and and how many people were showing up, especially in the early stages. We were completely shut down, but were brought back pretty quickly as an essential service. Um, but especially even up until maybe six months ago, kind of the end of uh, 2020, we were still seeing lower numbers. Um, in person at open houses, there were a lot of people doing uh, virtual open houses and, and virtual showings, but it definitely affected uh, the way that we do business. And you said you mentioned virtual showings. So were you all Zooming stuff or groups, or how did you, how did you drive that, or was that just something where you came in, filmed the, the property, and then loaded it up uh, on the listing? So there's a few ways to do it. Um, there are some services and, and apps and everything for you to do um, a full virtual open house and be able to communicate with people uh, back and forth online. Um, there's also 
some options um, like Matterport that offer a 3D tour of the house online and, and lets people feel like they're walking through, but also gives them an overhead view of the house so they can kind of understand the layout better. I guess that's my next question. I, I grew up in the 70s, obviously, and that was during the oil bust, and we had a lot of people coming down here from Michigan and the Midwest, and it wasn't, wasn't odd to see a Michigan license plate. I feel like I'm starting to see more of that now, more out-of-state license plates. Are you seeing out-of-state buyers come in from California and other places, or is it still pretty much localized? We're starting to see uh, quite a few buyers from out-of-state and, and even buyers from, from out-of-the-country. And what's the, what's the driving? Is it, do they say why they're coming here? Is it because they, a job brought them here or just because of the lifestyle or taxes? or is there, is there much commonality on their reasons? I think it's mostly industry that brings people here. You know, we're a, we're a strong city with a lot of industry, and, um, and people are brought here for their jobs, I think. Well, obviously the medical center is a big driver of that. Um, energy is a big driver of that. Starting to get some tech, but it seems like most of the tech is going to Austin and a couple of other places, but um, well, you mentioned earlier about talking about what's going on on um, the suburbs. Uh, the world's changed, obviously. Sugarland's a perfect example. They've got a town center out there. They're, you know, when I grew up in Bel Air and um, Fleur moved to Sugarland in 1976, I remember my mother said, "You'll never see those people again." <laughs> I said, "What are you talking about, mother?" She goes, "You'll never see them again. They're in Sugarland, like it was the end of the world." And now. In fairness, people don't have to come in from Sugarland. So when you talk about the suburbs, there people that go to the woodlands, they stay in the woodlands, they're not commuting to town, or they are people trying to live. I mean, obviously, um, we live in the other thing we don't we didn't have then was Uber, and Uber seems to be a driving force on folks' uh, mobility. What are you seeing in terms of are folks saying I want to live three miles from my office, five miles, or they don't care? They're really looking for quality of house value school stuff like that i think that really all depends on uh, on the buyers you'll see some people that uh that really care about where they're living um and then some people that that are happy to commute as long as they have good schools a good house and a good yard obviously we're in a this is i don't know if we're in a bubble but this is a pretty big move in pricing how long any visibility on uh how long you think this thing's gonna last and clearly that i guess that's driven by availability and houses on the market are y'all seeing any uptick in that at all or is it just continuing to be crunched down right now so far we're we're still seeing high volume of sales and uh and low numbers of listings so it's it's truly tough to say how long this will last you know i would have thought that the rise in interest rates would deter some buyers but it, it actually seemed to nudge people that were that were on the fence into buying and, and didn't really drive many buyers away you know we're still seeing decent numbers of homes being listed but demand so far has been outpacing the supply and i guess you know until we see the demand start to go down or supplies start to go up we're going to continue these trends wow um one last question i should ask you this earlier is there a sweet spot is it houses below 500 500 to a million a million to two million what's moving faster and what's and what's maybe lasting a little bit longer on the market as always i'd say the uh the stuff on the higher end of the market is is always going to move a little bit slower but we're truly seeing uh, seeing good movement at all price points. All right. Well, here's the million-dollar question people always ask their realtor, and uh, you're mine. Uh, what's your number one suggestion to buyers in this market and to sellers? What should they be doing and what should they be looking at uh, from the buyer standpoint to make sure they're at least in the game and for the sellers to get the most uh, for their houses? So for buyers, um, my biggest tip would for right now would just you need to be ready to buy and, uh, and use an agent that you trust. Um, 
buyers in this market need to know what they're looking for and be able to move quickly when they find a house that they like. In terms of sellers, you really just want to get your house ready to sell, kind of do a few things, make sure that uh, that the paint's touched up. But like I said, we're in a we're in a pretty strong seller's market right now. So it's uh, as long as you're in the right area, it's it's been pretty quick. Cool. Well, great, Travis. Thanks for sharing all that information. Tell us again who you're with and uh, what's the best way to reach you. I'm with uh, Better Homes and Gardens, Gary Green, and the best way to, way to reach me would probably be my cell phone. Uh, the number is seven one three eight five eight. Five one six zero. Give me a call and I'd be happy to help you anytime. Fantastic. Travis, thank you so much for being here. It's always great to spend time with my son and particularly in a subject that uh, he's so passionate about and is so uh, and so uh, an acknowledged uh, expert in. Uh, this is Jeb Bashaw. This has been my podcast, A Texan's View of the World, with my guest Travis Bashaw. I hope you'll share this with your friends and we look forward to talking to you soon. Have a great day. <laughs>